natural. Welcome to Rhonda NP's Menopause Guide Podcast with Rhonda Jolliffe, nurse practitioner, hormone expert, and menopause mentor. Balance your menopause experience with natural solutions and regain control to live the life you love. Let's get started. Hi, this is Chris Doctor, and I'm your co-host for the Menopause Guide Podcast with Rhonda NP. Hey, we've got a special guest today. As our little podcast grows, we want to be able to share some great guests with you for inspiration and information that is very specific to your journey in perimenopause and menopause. Hey, are you a first-time listener? Well, hey, thank you so much for being here today. Rhonda and I are here to help you figure out some of the most common or maybe not so common questions related to this whole perimenopause and menopause stuff. So today, Rhonda and I will be joined by Katrina McGee, the founder of Loving On Me, this amazing global empowerment movement that inspires and motivates women to be who they were created to be. So Katrina recently published her first book, and let me tell you, it's really amazing on so many levels. I know it will speak to you no matter what stage you are in in your life. I won't steal any of the show's thunder here, but you are in for a real treat. So make sure you check our website, rondanp.com, for any of the resources that we mention, and we will make sure to stick links in there so you don't have to go searching everywhere for them. Also at rondanp.com, you can find our web store where we have high quality products that Rhonda uses every day in her clinic with her own patients who are on the same journey as you and I, this menopause thing. You can also find some great information on our site, like our perimenopause quiz and information on our online courses. So are you ready? Let's go. Well, hello. We are so happy today to have our special guest, Katrina McGee, founder of Loving On Me, which is a global movement that inspires and motivates women to be who they were created to be. So good morning, everybody. Good morning, Rhonda, and good morning, Katrina. Good morning. Good morning. Good, good. So I'm Chris Doctor, and I'm the co-host of the Menopause Guide podcast with Rhonda NP, and we are today excited to visit with Katrina. Now, Katrina and I have a little bit of a history. We were previously working in a national nonprofit together and um, have a shared experience empowering women. And we're here to empower women in a new way today, talking to Katrina about loving on me. So Katrina, if you would kind of start us off and tell us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm so delighted to join you today. I um, am a mom. I am a businesswoman. I am a community advocate. Like many of you, I wear a lot of hats. And um, as Chris and I said, we worked at a national nonprofit together. And shortly after, you know, my exit was kind of um, cataclysmic, at least in my own life. About six months later, I started loving on me. And at first, it was just this blog to kind of process the life transition I was going through, but I quickly learned that so many other women were having this challenge of learning to love themselves as they are and to be who they were created to be, um, that it became a platform, a global platform. And now thousands of women from around the world have joined us at what I now call the empowerment, the empower woman's inspiration destination. And we just basically teach women how to lead in every aspect of life. Well, that's, that's great. And we're here today to talk a little bit about what you do and how this kind of um, it 
aligns with the women that we help with perimenopause and menopause journey, because there's so many things that correlate. And Rhonda can attest to that too, as a time of transition. Yeah, it definitely is. And I have to say, I just met Katrina today, and it's just really an honor to have her here on our podcast. And I'm just so pleased. She sent out the book and, and I got it on Friday and I read it over the weekend. And I'm telling you, I told three patients about it already in the first two days of my work week that really, really needed it. Uh, it just really resonates um, uh, with really... I look at it at different times in your life, uh, you could pick this book up and it would just relate. And so at the time of perimenopause and menopause, this is a huge change and transformation. And really, uh, that's what I see Katrina doing is like helping and guiding women through transitions in their life. Because I could foresee this book, picking it up in my 20s and relating to it, my 30s, my 40s, and definitely where I'm at today, I can really relate with everything. So I'm just really tickled to have her here today. So the book we're talking about is Loving on Me, Lessons Learned on the Journey from Mess to Message. Which is the best title. It is just awesome. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about the journey to write this book and what inspired you? Yeah, I mean, it definitely was a labor of love. I consider it a love note from my heart to the hearts of, of women, really across the ages. It's been kind of funny. I've met 19-year-olds who felt like this book was life-changing for them. And then my mom, earlier this year, she fell and broke her hip. And then when I went home to help her, she was reading the book again. It was just the most interesting thing. Because I think, Rhonda, you hit it when you said life changes happen in every season. And we reach a point where we say, you know what? I don't know what to do, but I got to do something different. Something just shifts in us either because in my case, I was having anxiety attacks. Like I, literally y'all, I was a mess. I felt like I was having a heart attack and stroke combined and I needed to take a time out. And I meet so many women who, regardless of what they're going through, they just need to take a step back and figure out where to go next. And so the book really outlines those lessons I learned along the way. And I tried to write it when I was just out of it. Cause you know, you read a lot of books and people are like all prettied up. And so it's kind of a reflection back 20 years about what happened. No, I was fresh out of my life interrupted moment. So some of the lessons are really raw and poignant. Um, and some, I had to peel back the layers of an onion, things that have been planted in my head from the time I was a kid, all the way that I had brought forward as an adult woman. So um, it really is just, it, it's a practical guide. I'm all about actions you can take right now that have a huge impact on your life that are easy. And, and I tried to make it meet you where you are. So I'm really glad that you felt like it would resonate with um, your patients. Yes, my patients, I, um, I've, I've spent years now helping women transition through the stages of menopause. And that's really my love, actually, because I find it so unique. There's so many things that are physical, obviously, because you, you know, are going through that. But there's a lot of biological and emotional and spiritual things that happen as well. And I don't think women are ready for that. And actually in your book, when you talked about grief and how you figured out that grief isn't just losing a life of someone's life, that it's losing something that was near and dear to you that could have been a job or something. And so in menopause, women are grieving and they don't even acknowledge or define it as that, but they're really grieving the life that they once had to a different life. And for some women, just losing your menstrual cycle 
that is very hard on them to know that they can never have a baby again, even though they quit having babies 10 years ago, it's like final. And so it's this final moment uh, that you're not productive anymore because women have a um, innate being of being a nurturer and a mother. And yeah. so that's almost like taken away at menopause. And so for some women, they really struggle with that. Other women, it's not that big a deal, but there definitely is grief that goes on. And there's some grieving processes that go through menopause that are really interesting. And I don't think we realize it till you really work with that transition. So, so many things resonate in your book regarding those things. And it just relates to the whole menopause experience. Yeah, I, that was a kind of a tough chapter for me to write because it was a huge aha moment. You know, you really do think about grief as only through the loss of a person. So to know that losing a job or losing, honestly, even losing your figure or your capacity to do things. I have, I have discovered as I've gotten older that my metabolism has slowed down to a crawl. I mean, I have to eat differently and exercise differently to maintain what was so easy in my 30s. And, and until I learned to release that, okay, I'm not going to get that 30-year-old body again, but this 49-year-old body is kind of fabulous. It still works. And to look at it from a spirit of gratitude will really change your perspective. But I think so often we try to um, go through a thing instead of grow through it. And so, you know, one of the big points I make in the book is that really God is not interested in helping us get over things. It's really about getting complete. And I think when we acknowledge that we're in a process like grief, it's easier to go through it and get complete. That's great. So That's true. So you know, true. Other really thing that resonated with me in the book is the I am enough concept. And I think, uh, like Katrina, I went through a big transition with a job, losing a very large job. Mm -hmm. And I was defined by my job. I've always been defined by my job and, uh, and taking care of people and having big staffs and having big goals. And then when that's gone, you, I'm my message and I'm still processing that I'm enough and yeah. it's been two years. And so could you talk a little bit about the, I am enough concept? I love that one. Yeah, yeah. What I finally figured out is that for women in particular, um, from the womb to the tomb, there's a war on our self-worth. I mean, from the time we are little girls all the way to our senior years, there is something that people will criticize about us. And we are in a constant battle to reaffirm our value and worth as human beings. And I am enough is something that I can say every day for the rest of my life and it will never be enough. I mean, I always meet women who are struggling with this because the seasons of our life change. So the way the attack comes for us is very different. So when we're young, people tell us we're too young to do something. Young girls now who are 13, 14, 15 get the message that they're too fat, they're too skinny, they're, they're too dark, too light. It's just a constant assault on their looks. And as we get older, we start feeling bad because we can't do the things we used to do. We're not enough. We can't run like we used to. Like I used to travel like 50 weeks out of the year. I can't do that anymore. My body just will not tolerate it. And I had to be practical and honest with myself about that and yet still find value in what I brought to the table. And I think that's the challenge that we have, which is why we have to reaffirm that we are enough purely as human beings, as for me, beloved children of God, we are enough. We, the job we used to have did not define us and our circumstances don't confine us. When we can reaffirm that value for ourselves, it, 
it allows you to look at your perspective on life totally different. So what would be some tips for, for women that struggle with this? What would you say? And what, what do you say in your Loving on Me movement that really inspires women to, 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 to kind of put that mantle on and say, I am enough? Yeah, well, the first thing is I love affirmations because it allows you to speak to you. What I have discovered is that we are our own best cheerleader and worst critic. And so sometimes you have to mute negative Nelly that runs in your head all the time by speaking to her quickly. And the more you do it, the more you get control of it. Um, but I'm not a huge fan of affirmations that you like pull out of the sky that aren't rooted in anything because, you know, you always have to ask yourself the why behind it. That's why I said, for me, I see people as enough purely because they are beloved children of God. Like you, you came here with value and purpose. And I think when you learn to embrace the spiritual side of yourself, the faith-based side, you can root this in something that doesn't change because all the circumstances in our life will be continuously changing. But if you're rooted in I'm valuable because I'm God's child, I'm here, I'm purpose, there's plan, then that stays the same. I mean, it may... You may experience it different. You may express it differently, but you still have value. So that would be the first thing. The second thing is I love journaling. I mean, I am passionate about journaling because I can be honest with myself in the pages of a journal like no other place, like things I will never be able to express out loud. I can write in the journal. So for people who I think are struggling and just need to get some things out, the journal for me is the best way to do it because I find if you stick at it, eventually there's a shift. Like you may start out ranting, you may start out all negative, but eventually your mind brings you to a better place. And and Rhonda, I'm sure there is a there is like a medical term for that. But that's just been the experience I've seen um, with women. So those are the two practical things um, that I would suggest right away. Surround yourself with positive affirmations that you speak, that you write, that you post, that you have in your desk, and then journal in your private time so that there's ongoing communication um, about the tough stuff in your life. That's awesome. I, I, uh, I do recommend journaling a lot to my patients. And it, 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 in the perimenopause and menopause, what I, I, I always start real simple, like with a gratitude journal. And I have them do just three things, go to five, maybe 10 when you get really good at it, and writing down things that you're grateful for. Because once you do that, um, it actually lifts depression. Like you wouldn't believe in there's that quite some good research on this, that being grateful and gracious for things and thankful uh, that it, it does change your chemistry. Um, it, it increases some of your feel good hormones and it can lift your mood. And so for depressed people, it is our, kind of one of the first things I, I you do a gratitude journal and it is just so awesome. And in times of menopause, when things seem like out of control and it's falling apart, a gratitude journal is just so powerful that there are so many things to be grateful for. And sometimes people really are in this negative state of mind uh, because it there's a lot of negativity going around the whole symptoms and everything like that. And to turn that around, uh, finding what you're grateful for is really um, kind of a cool moment when you're like, oh, aha, it's not about me. It's about others. And that's where I'm at in this life. And, I, and I've always kind of taught that, too, about we're at the time in our life um, in midlife is really where things shift from the me, you know, uh, getting that getting, you know, being 
the best you can be in your job and really turning it around. And now it's your time to give back and give to others. And I think if you figure that out at this time, you're going to be so much happier, content, and just really a positive look, outlook on life. And you will live longer. Yeah. Oh, that is awesome. I, I totally agree about gratitude changing your perspective. I tell people all the time, embrace an attitude of gratitude. You know, it, it shifts from what I don't have to what I do. And you realize that it's enough very quickly. And service is another great way to do that. I mean, a day at the food kitchen or a domestic violence shelter or picking up trash in your neighborhood, it will change your perspective about what you think are, you know, just out of the world, oh my God, what am I going to do problems to, oh, this is really not that bad. I mean, it just really or reorients uh, your perspective about things. I, I love it. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Good. So Katrina, talk a little bit about, you know, you have the um, Loving On Me book. What other things do you have in your, in your organization that our listener may be interested in following or learning more about? Well, everything started with the blog and we still post a couple of times a week on that. I'm really fortunate to have six featured writers that um, write once a month, some write once a quarter um, about things related to women's empowerment. I've actually created a women's empowerment wheel, the seven dimensions of a healthy, balanced life, which kind of talks about the areas of life that um, really impact our ability to tap into the power within. And so we write about things like um, faith, focus, freedom, um, family, finances, fun, fitness, all those things. Yes, that all Fs. Yes, all Fs. <laughs> you know, I can make it something that you could remember. So um, they're all Fs. But I, I love being able to talk about all the areas of our life because I think, you know, a lot of times our family will be great, but our career will be out of whack. Or, you know, we will be free from the guilt and shame of our past, but have no focus for where we want to go for the future. So it is when all of these things work in harmony that that will helps us um, propel our way forward in life. I um, So we have the blog, which you can follow. We also have social media at I Am Loving On Me. And what I love about that is we're the positive voice on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you have just scrolled through the you know, there is a lot of nonsense out there, but I am committed to keeping it positive and being that voice that's about love and light. Um, we also have a program called Go Get Your More, and this is a 52-week journal to unlock the more God has in store for you. And it every week you get a video, a blog, some inspiration, and I even added a song each week just to encourage you. Because, you know, sometimes when you listen to music, it just really brightens your whole day. And so, you know, it is free. It's 52 weeks, and it helps you change, shift your thinking and what you say to yourself. And each week you get a practical action you can do right away. Um, and I'm really proud of that because y'all, I actually recorded 52 videos which <laughs> for me, a person that likes to have a bunch of different stuff going to have finished it is like, you know, I have to kind of pat myself on the back about that. <laughs> That's amazing. That's a lot of work. I mean, that is, you know, and I think as somebody's listening or watching this and they see, they see how bubbly and exciting, <laughs> you know, you're just such an elo eloquent speaker. And, and again, they may look at you and say, I can never be like her. What would be your message to somebody who's, who's, who's might be thinking that negative thought right now? Well, first I tell them to buy the book and they would see that there is a <laughs> lot of mess behind this message. Uh, <laughs> you know, I feel like there is an African proverb that says, until the lion becomes an author, the tale will always favor the hunter. And I think that's because 
um, there is power in telling our own stories and there is power in authenticity and just sharing your truth, the good and the bad of it. And I try to be a person who does that. So I am excited and I do love to speak, but I also have challenges in life like everybody else. I think each one of us has a unique gift to share. So it's really not about being like me. It's about being who you were created to be. And for some people that's speaking or writing or like my son is really good at data analytics and technology. I call him for the most random things, but that's his gift, you know? And so when you find the thing that you're passionate about, I always tell people, if you pursue your passions, your purpose will be revealed. You know, we run around a lot looking for our purpose in life, but it's always rooted in the things that we're passionate about. So we enjoy our purpose in life. So I, you know, I, it's not about being Katrina, it's about being who you were created to be. And we can all excel at that. That's true. And, you know, I, I read the book too, and I, it spoke to me and just like Rhonda said earlier, whatever we're, the book meets you where you are. Mm -hmm. And I think that truly is not maybe what you intended it to do, but that's what I see it as, you know, just from my first um, glimpse in it. And I, and I think anybody would benefit. It's called Loving on Me, Lessons Learned on the Journey from Mess to Message. Yeah, you know, the funny thing is, this is not the book I started out to write. It's, you know, I thought I would leave this, you know, amazing career and nonprofit leadership. And, and I was going to write a leadership book because that's what I was interested in. I'm like, that's where my credibility is. That's where people know me and all that. And then every time I'd sit down to write it, I'd go to sleep. I mean, it was like, you know, it was ridiculous. Finally, I said, okay, God, what do you want me to talk about? And it ended up being this really painful season I was in, this, this transformation. And um, now I understand that that was the gift for me to give to the world, to talk about what was happening now was my most authentic self. So now I'm writing my second book about loving the unlovables. So I, I figured out this was actually a series mm -hmm. of books. And um, this season we're in, particularly in this country, in, in terms of being so fractured and, mm -hmm. and people um, stop speaking to family and all kind of nonsense. I was like, no, we have to learn to love people that we don't agree with, that we don't necessarily understand even um, because love is the greatest power on earth. So I'm writing that one. And then next year, I think I finally will get to write a career book. So it's a journey like anything else. I tell people sometimes we have to learn to grow with the flow of our lives. You know, if I had fought and fought and fought to write a career book when I was supposed to be writing this book, I don't think it would have been as authentic and real as impactful as this one has been for other people. So sometimes we have to let go of our plans so we can progress. Absolutely. Rhonda, do you have a thought in that head? I'm looking at you. Like you know, I do. <laughs> I absolutely, I can't wait to read your next book because I seriously have felt that many times that the best love that you can give is to those that have hurt you or that to the, and it's forgiveness and forgiveness is very powerful and you, you can forgive, but then to really turn it back and to be actually empathetic and love them as well. Um, and so I've always, that's the most healing thing. That's a, that's a very healing thing that happens with people <clears throat> from a health perspective. Cause I always come from this health perspective cause that's my, that's my world. Um, and when people truly do that and I've seen it done, um, to really, really love the people that have hurt them. 
Uh, it's amazing. It's, it's one of the most healing things ever. Yeah, it's almost like a higher level of evolution or something because it's also super hard. It requires attention. It it absolutely does. And I think sometimes it's even harder when we're going through a season of change like menopause or like, you know, a divorce or anything that causes this trauma in your life where you have to step back and regroup. I think it becomes harder to come outside of yourself in some ways because Mm -hmm. you're so focused on the things that are happening to you that sometimes your relationship with other people suffers. And so I think that's why I had to write loving on me first um, and then write about loving other people. Yeah, I love that. And from a women's perspective, you know, if you've been in a high powered job, uh, it's tough for being a woman. And I'm not the only one that thinks this. And there are men that know this as well. This is not just a woman saying this and complaining because my husband has said it because he has worked with high powered women that he sees that it is, it's harder for them than it is for a man. And so sometimes um, when you move through, uh, that's that you might have to do some loving and forgiving to those that you know, have have hurt you or angered you or upset you or, you know, they got more than you and you thought you should have been there or whatever. So there's so many things when you look back, um, when you get to a certain age and in this perimenopause and menopause thing, I really love telling people, you know, you got to let go of those things and you need to write it down, write them a letter. You don't have to mail it. But you need to let go of those people that have been hurting you because you need to start healing. If you haven't healed now, it's time. Oh, and yeah. and I, I tell women that all the time. If you're not healthy, going into menopause is time to get healthy because you will feel so much better. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And again, it's why I love journaling so much because a lot of letters and stuff like that goes in the journal, like never to be published right. or seen by anybody else. But you just need to release it from in here because it's like a vice grip on your heart that you sometimes don't even know is there until you feel it loosen up. Um, and it's, it's, you know, this age is really funny. I'm, I'm 49 now. I'm about to go into my 50s. I'm, I am. Welcome. It's so funny. People are like, wow, you look so young. I'm like, thank you. They're like, you're not that age. I'm like, oh, I'm so that age because I was silly in my 20s. So I am owning every year of this growth. But, you know, the things just change in life, period. I think whether you're in a high power job or not. Women, when they get in their late 40s, early 50s, we just think differently about the career then. We, we're not as interested in trying to, quote unquote, climb up the proverbial corporate ladder as we are trying to find fulfillment in our life as a whole. Um, and it's a great time for us to mentor young women who are now going into this season. I, I, I feel like this season for me is a knowledge transfer to the next generation because what we went through was kind of a transformative period because our mothers they could retire at 65 if they worked at all. And then we as career women were raised, you could do anything, you could support yourself, you could do this. I mean, we were rock stars, right? And now we're like, yeah, I'm, I'm cool. I've been up on the stage for a while doing whatever. Now let me just try to figure out this next season of my life. So I think in addition to your body changing, mentally you're just in a different space. So I agree, letting go, grudges are far too heavy to hold. We gotta let them go. Um, and then reaffirming your value in this season is so critical as we go through this change. 
Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for saying that because that really is what my movement with menopause is all about in a nutshell is really helping women through that transition to really take out the positives because there are such positives. And one of the positive things really is exactly what you said is we're at a point in our life where we're, we don't need to climb that ladder anymore. I've climbed a few ladders and it's kind of disappointing when you get there. It's like, why did I want to climb this ladder anyway? This isn't me. So it's like, whatever, you know, so let's jump on another ladder. But it is when you get to be this age, I think it's the most positive thing about being in my 50s is that I really am looking for things that are fulfilling and giving back and taking my knowledge and, and, and my experience and wisdom and now sharing it and guiding others. And hopefully they won't have to go through some of the things that I've gone through as well. I, I, you know, as, as a nurse, uh, we've, we've been known in a profession and I know there's other professions as well that we kind of tend to eat our young. And I, and I think that's really sad. It's like, you know, I worked so hard back then you need to work hard too. And I think that's really sad. And, and we talk about the millennial generation, how they just don't work as hard as we do. Well, maybe they have it figured out. <laughs> maybe they are the ones that are going to teach us that, you know what, you can work your 40 hour week and have a very fulfilled family life. You don't need to work your 60, 70 hour week until you think you feel fulfilled because you never feel fulfilled anyway. So I just love what you said. That is just so perfect. Yeah, I, you know, I love millennials. I really do. I, I do too. Ron, I do think they figured some things out, but I think they figured it out by watching us because they have no. I don't want to do that. So young. That's right. They said, I don't want to do that. My mom, dad, who never worked 60 hours a week, I didn't see them as often. I want to do some things that that bring me joy. You know, it's like our generation has such a hard time with fun and happiness and joy. It feels unproductive. And so we will work ourselves to the ground to try to be of value. Um, and the thing of it is, when we get to this, the one thing I want to tell women is you have a body of experience to be shared that is of value to someone. And I feel like I need to say that out loud because so often we put the expertise moniker on people that we feel like are the top one, two, three in a certain field or have written all the books or have done all this. I've gotten some of the best parenting advice with people from very little education but raised eight kids and really have learned a lot about human behavior, how to affirm and encourage your children. And so I think we should see ourselves of value and figure out what it is we can share with the world. We don't need a huge platform. We don't have to create um, any big thing. They can just connect with somebody like you and share on a forum or be a part of a Facebook group, or they can connect with Loving on Me and do the same thing. I, I highly encourage women to stop and think, what is it that I'm passionate about? That I feel like I have some things to share. Don't, don't even try to call yourself an expert, but just know that the knowledge you have is valuable and, and should be shared. It's just that changing one life is a huge thing. Even with a kind word or a bit of advice that really resonates and, and people take action on it. So that's that's terrific. You know, I'm kind of taking a, a look at our time here because we could talk to you all day, you know? And we definitely want to have you back when that next book is out because it's it's going to be fantastic. But just in the last thought here, our last few moments on the podcast, I'd like just to get a feedback from you, Katrina, and you, Rhonda, about kind of the message you want to leave the listener with today. Um, about loving herself? Well, I would say learn to love yourself in every season of life. 
you know, be present where you are and know that in your presence, there is purpose. We don't have to try to be who we were at 20 or 30 or even 40. Who we are right now, it's enough. And the greatest, the most powerful thing you can do for yourself is to learn uh, to love yourself in this season. Um, in order to do that and to keep the affirmations and positive around you, the one tip I'll give you is set the tone for your day. There's so many of us that roll over and pick up the electronic device or roll over and cut on the television. And immediately we've given the power to set our tone for the day to somebody else. So I always encourage women to read a positive word, to have a meditation, to do a gratitude prayer, or to just say thank you and to think about three things you're grateful for at the top of your day, like before your feet hit the floor, before you get in the rat race of life, you set the tone for your day and then keep the positive going throughout it. Excellent. And Rhonda? That's awesome. I love that. My my message is um, at this time in you know, this whole menopause transition, and you might be in your mid-50s, you might be in your 60s, you might be in your younger 50s, you're never too old to do anything that you want to do. So I really challenge women to really um, take on something that you've always wanted to do that now you think you're too old for. And I just watched a podcast or a uh, Marie Forleo's TV. Um, and if you jump on her, marieforleo.com, she's got this that says you're never too old to do anything. And I just wanted to do a cartwheel, but I can't anymore. Um, but, <laughs> but it was so perfect. And she had on there, and it was just yesterday it came out, which was really ironic because it was kind of my message for today. Um, on there, she had women that started multi-million dollar businesses in their 60s, 70s, and um, some others uh, achieving other things like physical things. It doesn't have to be a business. So if there's something that you've always wanted to do, uh, age is not a factor. And I don't think age should ever be a factor because our mind doesn't change. Our physical body changes, but our mind doesn't change. And the other thing that I really want to challenge people to is Every single day, wake up and say, I'm going to make someone's day today. And it doesn't take much. It really doesn't. You can say some very kind, loving words to somebody that they may not have heard in months or years, and you can make their day. So just wake up and say, you know what? I wonder whose day I'm going to make today. And, and really do that, you know, wherever you're at, wherever you're working, if you're a stay-at-home mom, wherever you're at, is just to make someone's day is really spreading the love. And that is the loving on me thing. So it's loving on me and then spreading it to others because I think it starts with you. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, again, we'll put all the links to Katrina um, on our uh, WandaNP.com so you can find her, find the book and everything else. So, But I just want to say, Katrina, you rock. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. <laughs> And uh, we hope to have you back again in the future. Yay. Thank you. Yay. Thank you for coming, Katrina. I love it. Have a great day, everybody. Thank Bye you. Bye now. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining the Menopause Guide podcast with Rhonda NP. You'll find the show notes and other valuable information at our website, rhondanp.com. Don't worry about this menopause thing. You've got this.